Hey everybody, welcome to Toughcast. This is Notch, and this week Jeff had a chance to talk to some people from Minneapolis City Soccer Club, the newest soccer club in Minnesota. And, and Jeff, who did you talk to? Um, talked to a couple of the owners, and I talked to the head coach. I'll let them introduce themselves in a second. But it was a really interesting chat, and it's good to kind of see the direction of Minneapolis soccer as a whole. Yeah. So without further ado, here is Jeff's interview with Minneapolis City Soccer Club. <laughs> Coming to you from the Twin Cities, this is ToughCast. And welcome to a special edition of ToughCast. This is Jeff, not just going to be working on uh, producing this episode, so he will not be hearing his voice, sadly. So we're bringing you a special episode here, and we're going to be talking to part of the group behind Minneapolis City SC, which is a new club that is starting up and we'll be playing in the Premier League of America this upcoming 2016 season. So thanks for joining us, guys. If you want to go ahead and introduce yourselves, that'd be great. Sure. Uh, I'm Dan Hudeman, and uh, I'm one of the, the founders of, uh, of Minneapolis City and the segments who this, this grew out from, and um, have been doing a lot of the, the operational stuff to get it going. My name is Nick Sint. I'm also one of the founders of Minneapolis City as well as Stegman Soccer Club. And like Dan, I, I do a lot on the operational side, although a little bit more behind the scenes. This is Keith Kicker. Uh, I figured I'd let the brain trust go first. Uh, I will be uh, the head coach uh, for several of the teams within Stegman's organization, but uh, you know, number one being uh, the PLA team, Minneapolis City, this coming summer. All right, great. Well, it's a it's a good collection of guys to have here. So let's just go ahead and start pretty general here. And uh, if you want to talk about the process for the founding of this team in particular, you know, what went into it? What thought did you have going into it? And uh, how has it been realizing these kind of goals? Sure. Well, I'll, I'll start a little bit and then I'm sure the other guys will chime in. Um, you know, this started with, started with, with uh, friendships, not to make it sound too cheesy. You know, we, uh, we've been loving soccer, playing soccer, and as we got older, uh, joined, uh, joined the adult league, had a lot of success with the, with the segments club and the, the leagues around town. And as we did some stuff, um, like with these three beer night events with the Sana Foundation before Minnesota United Games, and some of the other things that we, we did, we found that, hey, maybe we can use our love of, of soccer for good. Um, at the same time that, um, especially as we really got to know Keith and his good work with uh, the internationals, who um, are probably the most successful amateur men's team um, in the state of Minnesota, and we thought, wow, not only could we do good, but we actually have a pretty legit team on the field. And we just really asked the question, why not us? Yeah, you know, the, to, to piggyback on what Dan said, um, we started out playing on our own in different leagues, and we kind of came together uh, through different connections. And we really just wanted to do it our way. Like Dan said, we did some pre-beer night things before the Minnesota United matches. We run our team and our club in what we call a professionally amateur manner. Um, and what that really kind of stands for is this, is this is our hobby. You know, some guys go golfing, some hunt, some fish. This is where we decided to devote our time and our energies. And we... Because of that, we want to have as much fun as possible. So we take some things over the top. But overall, you know, we're about having a good time, creating that sense of community, and giving back. And in order to 
further some of those goals in terms of giving back. We looked at the PLA, we looked at creating this team and using it as a platform to do even more in terms of our community outreach and our philanthropy. And I'll I'll add sorry Jeff I'll uh, I'll add to that you know Minnesota boasts the great statistic of not having a single dollar of uh, men's soccer scholarship for the state of Minnesota. Uh, you know and and one of the things you know players like Tony Sana, uh, Todd Herskovitz, and Manny Lagos have come through here and, and none of these kids have a place to play in the summer other than MSL Division One. You know, so talking to Dan and Nick and, and John Bisswam, who's not on, uh, you know, the idea was that, you know, we need to give these kids that come back, you know, from playing out of state, playing Division One, Two, II, or Three, uh, an opportunity to play at a higher level uh, than the MSL can offer. And, and that's kind of what was born out of, uh, out of this uh, partnership with Segments. Well, that's a pretty good segue then into talking about your players. So you're going to be looking at drawing a lot of guys who won't necessarily have the opportunities that you could offer for the summer. Otherwise, where are you going to be looking for fielding that first roster of yours? Uh, this is Keith. I'll, I'll go ahead. Uh, you know, so we're kind of looking in three places. One is, uh, you know, we're looking to the community organizations such as uh, Deportivo Los Lobos, which is, a, you know, a youth club. Uh, a lot of the Hmong and Somalian populations to, you know, to kind of bring in some younger players, uh, not into, you know, not necessarily directly into the PLA, but definitely into the club uh, to get the community focus. Uh, we'll also be looking at, you know, some of the top college players that are from Minnesota, but playing obviously outside of the state. Uh, and then as well as looking for some elder players, you know, to provide leadership so that we can make an impact right in our first season. Yeah, I think Keith is absolutely right. You know, with what we say about the, the players who don't really have an opportunity, it's more they don't have the opportunity here in Minnesota. You know, if you're, if, you're a, uh, if you're a top player who's amateur, but you're not at the very, very top, um, you know, looking at uh, the top draft selection in MLS, um, you know, you're going to get to a cer- certain age, and so what are you going to do? Because, like he said, there aren't any scholarship dollars for soccer here in Minnesota, and our men's league is, is good, but if you're playing Division One, you're, you're fit, you're hungry, you're at the top of your game, um, and, and you need something a little bit a little bit higher. So a lot of these kids have, have not been able to come back home to Minnesota, which is a pity. We've got some, we've got some guys who can really ball from the state. We have a history of... of um, you know, really great players. And so I, I think there's a pool of players, not necessarily uh, in college right now, as Keith said, but, um, you know, those types of, of guys who are in and just right after um, from a bunch of different communities, uh, that is a real great pool for talent that we're hoping to hoping to tap. And then it's, it's great for the, the guys, too, because they're able to come home and play instead of having to, to go elsewhere and find an MPSL or, or PDL team to play with. Yeah, and I'll just uh, add to what Dan said. You know, this uh, this past fall, I volunteered at Coma Park High School. I have a program, a training program that I created called Balance, and it uses meditation and yoga and visualization with elite soccer training. And I did it at Coma Park Senior High School this uh, this past fall. And one of the things I noticed with every single kid that was on the varsity team, whether they were a freshman or a senior, uh, that none of them were on club teams. You know, very few, maybe one or two, was on a club team. Uh, and so we're looking to some of those kids to bring them into the club. Uh, because, you know, youth soccer has is, is now gone astronomical. It's anywhere from 2,000 to 6,000 to play for a season uh, or play for a year, I should say. Um, you know, what we're offering here is uh, an opportunity to pay, play for $220 a year or even less, depending on your situation. Uh, so it's a really unique opportunity for a lot of these uh, community kids. Where are you thinking that you'll be playing for 2016? And if it's a temporary home, where is your goal and your ideal place to play in the future? Um, we will be playing in Minneapolis. Um, we have we have two great uh, stadium locations that we're working with uh, right now. They're very urban. 
uh, very central. And you know, there, there are a couple of things that still have to uh, fall into place. We have some meetings um, at the end of this week um, and into next week where there are some permit approvals that have to come through, though we feel very good about them. Um, and there are a couple of other things uh, that we're trying to, to work on um, in terms of you know, what we need to do for uh, rules around alcohol and the rest. Um, so things are still coming together. Depending on which of those uh, ones comes through depends on if it's permanent or not. I, I don't mean to dance around the question, but it's surprisingly hard to find um, you know, a stadium that needs league rules in Minneapolis. Um, we're, we're committed to Minneapolis. Where, where we're from, we, we really want this uh, to be about the city and really help help the community in our city. So 100% uh, we will be here. Um, and on uh, February 6th, when we have our official launch event at the local in downtown, um, that's when we're going to be able to uh, officially announce where we'll be playing for 2016. And hopefully it's, hopefully it's long-term. Like I said, we've had really good conversations. It's, um, it's been great what type of reception we get to tell people about what the bigger mission is, um, but there's still a lot of uh, legal uh, loopholes we have to jump through. Um, we've covered some of the players on the field. We've started to get introduced to the coach. Now let's talk about the league. What was your process when you were trying to decide on a league, and what really drew you to the Premier League of America? Yeah, we 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 talked and talked about it. Um, you know, this, this group on the phone, uh, John Bisner is another one of our founders. Uh, Donnie Mark, who, who's been uh, working with us, uh, uh, people who've been leading other teams. And we, we reached out to, uh, to teams in a bunch of leagues. And, and it's really great how in, in the lower divisions, uh, there's a really good community, people willing to uh, people really willing to help out. And what ended up making our decision our decision is we wanted to make sure that we had a high level of competition. So we took a hard look at the teams that were going to be in the league. We wanted some regional rivalries. You know, as, as much fun as it uh, as it would be to beat a team from I don't know Buffalo, it's considerably more fun to beat a team from Milwaukee. And so, looking at the Premier League of America and how they grew out of the Great Lakes Premier League, and in our division in particular, where we had teams like Milwaukee Bavarians, who uh, we have a great relationship with in terms of playing friendlies with them, um, although we would enjoy beating them. Um, I had the Madison uh, Croatian Eagles out of Milwaukee. Um, and then, of course, Minnesota United Reserves. It felt like, wow, this is great. Uh, we have a local rival I mean, cross town if they end up in St. Paul, which is pretty fun. Um, got some teams from Wisconsin. And a bunch of these teams have great histories. Within the Premier League of America, uh, there are 10 U.S. amateur titles that are shared among the teams, which is incredible. And, and teams like Bavarians have been around since 1929. Uh, Croatian Eagles and, and Adria in Chicago have been around since the 50s. Uh, you know, have, have some really great history, some really good stability. And this is a group of teams that are going to be around for a long, long time more, and so it made us feel really good about the league. High level, history of success, um, and some good local rivalries. So it seemed like a, a no-brainer, especially with – Kind of how the NPSL has fallen apart a little bit this year, and um, you know the expense and uh, travel demands of leagues like like the PDL or, or others. Big picture as you're looking forward here, what kind of goals have you set for your first year? 
You know, I think uh, this is Keith from, you know, from my perspective, you know, on the field, I, I don't want to be too, too aggressive. Um, I think, you know, if, we, if we're competitive each and every game, I think that's a, a goal of ours, uh, you know, from, from a community perspective, you know, get the community involved, uh, get attendance at games, uh, you know, a large exposure to the community kids, let them know what we kind of offer. Uh, we'll be doing, you know, free summer, you know, free camps before uh, each home game uh, to give, you know, get more people in the stands as well as, you know, give back. Uh, all the players on the team will have a, a you know, five to ten hour community service commitment uh, as well as some operational commitment. Uh, so we're really looking at this from a holistic, you know, 100% around, uh, you know, 360 degree look. We want to be successful on the, on the field, and I think we really can be. Um, I'm really looking forward to to the league season. But I would add that there's a, there's a lot of good I think that can happen, you know, with just giving some opportunities for organized high level soccer. And those free camps are going to be uh, coached by guys like Keith, a really high level coach, who, you know, a lot of these these kids haven't had access to really high level coaches. And with some of the things that we're going to be doing with uh, some developmental players, um, I think giving them opportunities to play at a level with an organization, with, with a group of, uh, of people that they haven't been able to before, is going to be a really big win for us. I'm really excited about that. And, uh, and, um, I think we're going to have a lot of fun. And then a little bit longer term, you know, this team, obviously, we want to be successful on the field, but we want to set ourselves up for continued and sustained growth at a marginal pace, not saying we're going to get huge, but we want to continue to make this club and this team a bigger impact in the soccer uh, the soccer world in the Twin Cities and, you know, eventually get to a point where we can challenge Bavarians and other teams for the number of U.S. amateur titles that they have. Um, but all in all, at the end of the day, when we look five, ten years down the road, we still have the same goal that we had five years ago when we initially started Stegman Soccer Club, which was let's build something bigger than ourselves. So in five and 10 and 15 years' time, we want to be able to look back and say this is now something that we helped get going, but it's now become its own thing, and it's continuing to live on and be there even if we – have to step away for whatever reason you know we want this to become a pillar in that soccer community and continue to grow and bring new players in and give them opportunities either at this highest level or you know throughout the 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 club structure that we've built so far and whatever comes as we continue to realize this this team in the PLA and the continued growth and expansion when you're talking about the structure that you already have created, is that referring to the uh, Stegman Soccer Club? Is that going to be worked its way into this, or is there something separate entirely? Um, Dan, I don't know how much you want to say about this, but my thoughts um, are it is part of it, but this team will be out and on its own, and Stegman's is kind of powering it and building it and doing all of this stuff, but the Minneapolis City idea and identity exists separately from Stegmans. Stegmans is here to support it. Stegmans is here to give guys playing opportunities. You know, when we look at different guys for the roster of the TLA team, if they're not quite there yet uh, at that level, 
we have these other teams available for them to play on to continue that sense of community and to continue fostering um, the, the vision of a club that is bigger than just one team. So, yes, Stegmans will support it, but Stegmans isn't necessarily going to be as tightly integrated with it in terms of a, an organizational structure at this point in time. Maybe in the future it will be, but for right now, we look at it as Minneapolis City and Stegman Soccer Club, which the founders, the people that help build Stegman, are going to be the same that help build Minneapolis City with some new additions like Keith, like Donnie Mark. Um, but it's really just a Minneapolis City is over here doing their thing, Stegman is over here doing our thing, and when the two can cross paths, we will. But that's not to say that we're going to force anything either way. Yeah, I mean... Um, we're trying to do something a little bit different with Minneapolis City, but we had to start somewhere. You know, and we had to start with a group of people who um, we knew could work together and get along, and um, and so that's where it started from. But we'd like it to to grow. It's a different thing. Segments is sort of quirky, um, and outside of out of internationals, we've kind of been you know rambunctiously mediocre on the field, which is which is cool. Like we've all had a great time. Um, and uh, I think what we really want to do uh, is have some on-field excellence. Like I said, we've got a, good, a lot of good players in uh, in Minnesota. It'd be pretty fun to give them a, a platform to achieve. So I can see them having a, a relationship, but you know, just just to get it started, because it's you know, not it's more complex and expensive than maybe uh, than maybe we thought. But we've had a lot of really great. Discussions like with the guys from San Francisco City or Detroit City, Chattanooga, been willing to give a ton of time. Um, how do they do it? Uh, what did they do right? What did they do wrong? Um, and all of them have actually started from from something. In fact, San Francisco City had a really similar story to us, and they had a, they had a men's league team, and they, they found that they were doing really well, and the club is growing, and they decided they wanted to. Uh, to jump up a competitive level, and they found great success. They're joining the, the PDL next year, and certainly that's a uh, that's a trajectory we'd love to have. Uh, no promises, of course, um, but you know ha- having that base to start from has been pretty important. Um, but it's it's not all all that we want to be. Sure. And then I guess one final question, then, and this is directed right for Keith. Is there anything that you can tell us about your your coaching style, your goal, what kind of play you would like to see on the field? Um, if I remember correctly, when I was looking into this before the interview, I mean, you had a spell at uh, Louisville University, right? And then also the PDL's Twin Cities Tornado. But as a coach, what do you see being sort of your philosophy, if you have anything you'd like to share? Yeah, I mean, my philosophy is kind of uh, described as like effective, effective possession. Um, you know, I'm not definitely not a kick and run. Um, you know, on the field stuff is, is definitely going to be quick and moving out of the back, uh, diagonal passes, you know, trying to keep everything on the ground. Uh, we'll play either a 3-5-2 or 4-4-2, depending on, you know, the type of kids that we've got. Uh, and, you know, just definitely in the op- offensive third, you know, a very attack-oriented style. But, uh, you know, the other two-thirds of the field will be the very possession-oriented. Um, you know, and, and off the field, uh, one of the things that, you know, you noted is that played for the Twin Cities Tornado. Uh, that was the Minnesota Thunder's uh, reserve team. And, you know, playing for that for four to five years while I was in, at University of Louisville uh, was a tremendous experience. They provided us with, you know, most of those guys are like Donnie Mark is one of my closest friends to this day. 
um, you know, that's what I want to provide for these kids uh, off the field and on the field. Uh, so, you know, as Dan and, and Nick and I have all noted, you know, that's a big part of our philosophy here is, is creating an amazing environment uh, for these guys so that when they're done, they can talk about and remember their days in Minneapolis City. Uh, that's kind of what we want to go with. And I think if we start from there, uh, we can't not be successful. All right. Well, hey, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I look forward to seeing what you have and catching a game or two during the summer. That sounds okay, great. Thank Thanks you, Jeff. And there you have it. Thanks for tuning in this special edition. If you have any questions you want to send their way, if you just want to follow what they're up to, go ahead and give them a follow at MPLSCitySC and see what they're up to there. Otherwise, look forward to seeing them during the summer. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much, Minneapolis City Soccer Club. Do appreciate your time. This is Notch. This is Jeff. Thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>